0: Hello, I'm Shell of Lionhearts Fitness. If you don't know about us by now, please check out our website, lionheartsfitness.com. Free fitness for all youth, particularly obstacle course racing. Right now, here is your podcast, I Am Spartan Podcast, with our favorite host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy.
1: I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Have you checked out the show's sponsor yet? Do me a huge favor and go and check out monkeygrip.com. They make these cool rope attachments that go around your pull-up bar, and they also go around dumbbells too. So you can max out your pull-ups and then slip them off of the pull-up bar and put them on the dumbbells and do farmer's carries to max out your grip even further. They also make a monkey fist type attachment that goes around the pull-up bar and the dumbbells the same way. They also have some liquid chalk, and who doesn't need a little extra liquid chalk in their life? But go and check them out at monkeygrip.com and follow them on Monkey Grip on Instagram too. Thanks i got a really cool interview here today. Me and Neil Murphy talk about all things Killington Ultra. This is a great episode, even if you're planning on doing the Killington Beast or if you plan on doing the Killington Ultra in the future. We talk about what's going on at the race this weekend too as well, so it's very informative. I hope you can get a chance to listen to it before this weekend. But if not, it's still something great to learn from. But here's the interview with Neil Murphy neil murphy what is going on today brother
0: ah tapering for killington that's what's going on yeah
1: (laughs) same here same here Uh. i brought you on to the show because i saw in a post where you said you've been up to killington 10 times or you've raced it 10 times and i said this is probably somebody great to have on the podcast <laughs> that knows a lot about the race and and I like doing like a pre-race uh interview about the race even though we're coming up uh, you know just a few a couple of days before it but you know somebody can always go back to it so if yeah. anything we'll have a great chat either way so but before we get into all of that man just tell us a little bit about like where are you from you know what you do for a living
0: uh well i'm from orlando florida born and raised um i'm uh, engineer by trade uh, that's my normal day job nice. work on uh flight simulators it's fun stuff
1: oh, shit. video cool. games
0: yeah yeah aviation's fun and then aside from that uh i mean it's typically just a desk job right so you got kind of balance it out so decided to go do ultras
1: <laughs> so so let me ask you something if you do flight simulators do you have a pilot's license
0: no i have a lot of hours in a lot of different uh, cuz i guess the sim hours count. So if we're in a zombie apocalypse and there's a couple of helicopters that that you know we can get in I <laughs> might be able you know i'd be like
1: the second best to choice the last,
0: second to the last person <laughs> that you would want to bring on to there. It'd be a it would be a bumpy ride. Um only some people would probably not make it
1: but so, so d- sh- should we feel safe if somebody's like took your simulator program even though you don't have a pilot's license that the, the information they're <laughs> training with is true
0: <laughs> well i bi- well so i i, <laughs> I build them well uh, basically what the visual system of it is so all the graphics right anything that's involving graphics so the basically the av the projector system the uh the scene that you see loaded up there and all that stuff so
1: so you so you do pretty much the graphic side where somebody else would do all the you know like we oh need yeah the, i don't know crap do about this, the right. avionics right <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly know
0: crap about that <laughs> That'd be.
1: so to get in this i imagine you were really big on video games coming up so what is like what has got to be like your top five favorite video games of all time
0: Oh, uh, I actually, I actually paid for college for engineering school by competing in video games professionally. No so way. Like, uh, mid to like early to mid 2000s is when I competed. And as you can guess, uh, the gaming life isn't very athletic. So through college, I must have put on like 50 pounds and never run in my life. So I went from that and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just try try running and I think I saw like an ad for a warrior dash or something like that and I was Mm -hmm. like cool that seems a little bit more enjoyable than just running a boring 5k and the rest is history I mean that was like 2010 2011 right and you finish it you're like oh shit that's awesome and then me being from like a hyper competitive background already knowing you know the mindset to compete at a higher level I was like all right what's the next hardest thing to do and then you just kind of build that build it build it build and so you know I'm running 100 milers now killington's a special event
1: right in my heart yeah 10 definitely. years ago that
0: like because that was the, that was the first big dnf hmm. right so i came out there thinking i was hot shit i'm <laughs> out there and i missed i missed the final cutoff by about the second to final cutoff because it because the way killington usually is what
1: what year was the first to year last
0: 2013 2013 so year 10 so the second to the last cutoff, that's the do or die one. So if you make that one, you've got like two hours to do like a mile and a half. You're all set to go. So I missed that one by like 200 seconds. And, and I was just, I was like the first like mega fail I ever did at any other, cause this was like the first one I was going out to out of state to mm. go to and everything. So big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. I trained my ass off for it. And so it was just crushing and so i was like this event was fucking hard and i ever since then i was like all right this is my this is the one i'm going to specifically train to so um 2014 i came back and i missed that cut off by 20 minutes that time so i was like wow. geez and i trained even harder so
1: so was 2013 was that the year Where it wasn't looped, it was just one long ultra, one single single loop.
0: loop. So, so, so you did the beast, but you the ultra loop was like another, it was like the length of a beast,
1: right? right?
0: So, it went way off. It started at the K1 Lodge, ultra loop went over to Bear Mountain, went all in the whole area. Uh, the actually the festival area in Bear Mountains where we did have our drop bins, but we it was very death racy because they mm. had it combined with the Team Death Race. So you had people with Team Death Race bibs out there back then. And so you had to submit an essay to get in to the Ultra, the Ultra Beast it was called because it was it was the only venue they had it. Right. And so you had to submit an essay. You had to uh like the day before they gave you some cryptic letter that says uh where you got to put your drop in and you got to figure it out. So it was like very they they, they fucked with you a lot. Like Norm Ooh. was the RD for that and it was just right. Uh, just a bloodbath and it was beautiful like 30 degrees outside the whole day this is like pre-lawyer age of spartan so you didn't have uh you didn't have any life jackets when you went on the swim you didn't i mean there wasn't it, it was just the obstacles were just like yeah that seems like a cool idea let's try it they just hung like a bunch of beams up on like a on a ski lift uh and like one of the one of the uh, gondola machines they just put a bunch of ropes up on it or it's like yeah it's a rope climb fucking get the bell go holy shit yeah yeah that's wild yeah it was just freaking wild and i loved it because it was just like this guy wants to kill us (laughs) it's awesome and like this is pure true suffering and then this is and i'm going down and this this was this year where i just totally screwed up my body like i rolled my ankle so severe that i needed mm. like a, an ultrasound later like it because it was worried that it was going to swell too much to cut off circulation or a, so it, i heard a, a pretty juicy crack when it when i Oof. when i sprained it real bad and this was at 13 no this is about 12 run the 12 marker oh, and wow. uh so that happens and then it loosens loosens the the ankle up a little bit more so it happened like three or four more times as the event's going Mm. on and so it's just i'm hobbling throughout from mile 12 on so that that might have played a role into uh you know not having (laughs) missing the cutoff by 300 seconds yeah i feel i uh, feel
1: you there i rocked mine really good in fayetteville and it's it's oh, yeah. it's okay. It's not a hundred percent, but as long as I don't roll it again, that's 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 the hope and dreams for this weekend is don't roll right. my right ankle again because I'll be in bad shape if that happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. And and then, oh God, there were so many other and like I said, it was it was really cold. Um, that was a thing. And oh, my my son's here and he has he has the cat. And, uh, here say hi real quick but then you gotta go all right
1: <laughs> does he have a bow on
0: yeah the cat <laughs> that's a big yeah. cat oh it's a big boy i know i know most people <laughs> are just listening to the podcast yeah. but uh it, it's a gigantic cat it is scott can confirm, I can confirm. Right.
1: it's a big cat
0: so um so what was i getting at so yeah so a lot of injuries the water was freezing because it got up to like 30, it was like in the 30s through the whole day raining right and so right. at the top of the mountain it was little little specks of snow like it didn't stick to the ground but it was it was snowing right um and so so that was that year was just the best um it's so that so i had to come back so that was good times that was that was the 2013, and it was it was so frigid out that like my fingers were just locked up. So I would I would actually have them, and I was in, in like in my pants. And I was like pissing on my hands to keep them warm, warm. enough. To, yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty 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 nasty year.
1: Right. So that being your first ultra and the first ultra ever for Spartan like what was your plan like going into it and how did you train for it you know living down here in Orlando you know because I'm only like three three hours away from you so I live in Flatsville too I was in Orlando <laughs> uh black uh weekend before last as a matter of fact
0: so training for that was a uh on flat ground but there there were there were th- two or three maiden things that i would train on and it would be um parking garages so going up the ramps the stairs all that stuff parking garages were were my go-to in stair steppers that's about all you can really do in florida Mm -hmm. next best thing you can do is uh do like a mile of lunges that was my go-to the 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 one mile lunge that sounds Uh, awful it is it's very (laughs) awful it hurts going to the bathroom for the next couple of days dude it mm. sucks uh, <laughs> and then on the side of like toll roads that are elevated on a bridge you have like the little berm of of dirt and it's like 40 percent elevation it only right. goes up like 20 feet but hey it kind of simulates it so you just yeah. go up and down that for you know three hours i've done it's one all of those really
1: workouts do. before for sure
0: yeah it's all you can really do And yeah. and good old flat florida man it's uh and that's kind of the appeal of it, because nowadays, like I, fir- I, I, I finally in 2015 uh, managed to finish Killington, and so I just had I had to keep going back. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just, it was just an event that just took your soul. So you got to keep coming back to it, and so I would go. I would keep going back, keep going back. And then the last 2 years I managed to get uh, second place in the age group podium. So I want oh, nice. my I want my my story to be like starting off at a DNF and ending up because I'm I'm trying to gun for first place age. That's my goal.
1: Nice. Yeah. So out of all the years that you've you've been there, what year to you has been the hardest year? Last year. Last year, yeah, really?
0: Late last year. That was like on par with 2014. 2014 was pretty pretty gnarly as well uh that was the first time they did like two laps of the beast so they had very little idea of actually how hard that's going to be um and they had the double sandbag carry and everything obstacles were pretty hard 2014 course was pretty hard the last year's last year's was incredibly hard yeah that was on par with that so, so there has been a few i think last year and the year before oh god i think one of the years, open heat had like 8% finish. Wow. It was just something like, if you were open heat, you weren't making it. Uh, I don't think I wonder any if that women was t- in open heat I wonder heat if that finished. was
1: 2019 when we had all the rain and the cold. 2019 was went. the rain, yep. Yep.
0: That was the rainy one.
1: Because I've that been, been there good one. every year since 2018. And yep. I I concur with you. To me, I think last year – definitely had the most climbing and to me it was the hardest yeah. but i got nauseous after the first lap so the whole second lap i was kind of in survival mode and just running without calories lap. on the yeah. second lap so yeah. I, I had to take it i I slowed down substantially so to me that was one of the defining moments that made that race one of the toughest for me so you verifying that makes me feel better too
0: (laughs) yeah a lot of people a lot of people wouldn't hear this still to be like oh yeah last year sucked yeah and i knew and i knew it was because i had a lot of friends that were going out there for the first time and i got at the transition area like oh my god close to one o'clock close Mm -hmm. to that time and the cutoff for that was at two. right and i was just like oh my God, if I'm, if I'm this far behind, my friends are screwed. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then, so that year I just kind of like lap two, I was like, oh my God, this, this knocked the wind out of me. So lap two, I, I completely got rid of the idea of having a chance at the podium, which was a stupid idea because I had no clue that everybody else was suffering that much. So I thought it was just, this just really wasn't my year. So I just lapped to, I uh, just kind of survived and coasted. Mm. I still ended up getting second. So yeah. it's like, okay.
1: Like, <laughs> I, man, if because, you know, we started at Bear Mountain last year. Yeah. And, you know, I was like running on fumes and we got up to the top of the K1 lodge, you know, and the gondola was running. And I said, I'm going to try to squeeze the jail down and just chase it with water. <laughs> Man, if I'm if anybody was there when I was up there, I'm sure they saw me on all all fours. I was just threw it up, you know, and just dry <laughs> heave for like the next 5 minutes, you know. And yeah. I was te- I was telling myself if we'd have started at the K1 lodge like we did every year, I probably would have got on that gondola and went back down to it's, here. So, <laughs> it's And so, so tempting,
0: right? It's just right there. You yeah, can just it, walk onto it.
1: Oh yeah. And so I saw another one of my friends that was running the beast. So I kind of sat down and talked to him for another 10 minutes after I'd gone a couple <laughs> more miles after that, you know? And then, so when I finished the race, I go and look at the results and I was, you know, and a bunch of people had passed me that looked like they were in my age group. And I went and looked at my results and hell I was in fourth place and missed the yeah. podium by like, I knew it was like 35 or 45 minutes. And I was like, man, I I dorked around that much, you know, but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah last year that was rough was, this year I, 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 I don't know we, we can we can make predictions this year and then we can laugh about it because i i when you know this podcast finally goes live i don't know you might might get this out before or i don't we'll see oh
1: yeah it'll be out tonight
0: oh nice okay so that's good
1: yeah so hopefully so some predictions people can listen for to
0: this it. one i think uh so i did a lot of map work i liked i overlay. yeah, I yeah and i overlaid it and I'm, I'm thinking they, they tamed down the beast course. I think so too. But that ultra loop
1: is what's nasty. It uh, was bad added last about, year.
0: They added about a mile to it this year, at least according to Google Earth. Right. They added about a mile to it and they added about another five or 600 feet to it. So you got about 2,000 yeah. feet and, and four miles. Good luck. C-
1: Cause I remember <laughs> last year because it pretty much starts at the same spot. And I yep. remember coming down that hill and you saw the beast sign continue to go down the hill. And then you <laughs> turned and looked to the right and you saw the ultra loop and you were like, fuck, you yeah. know, cause oh man, that ultra loop was fierce and it had a shitty yeah. carry on it to match.
0: They're doing it again.
1: Yeah. You but look to at me, it, that's
0: like right at the spot where they had that carry before
1: to me last year. The hardest carry was the bucket on the first lap. I don't know how they filled those buckets. I assume they filled them when it was raining because my bucket was just leaking water the whole time I was carrying it. And it was the heaviest bucket I'd ever carried at any point. carries,
0: you got a point. The morning carries always have like the dew still in there. So it carries like sandbags and stuff. Yeah, they're a little bit heavier in the mornings but
1: like i mean this was coming like they put the lid on it because the water was coming out of the lid maybe i just picked up one that was full of water too i don't know but yeah you got the
0: bucket where some staff was just being an asshole that day it's like yeah let's just make a random one full of water let's see
1: i'm not kidding it was on my shoulder and it was like somebody had a faucet just cracked open just a little bit and it was leaking (laughs) down my shirt the whole time it was Jeez. the heaviest bucket I ever had. But on the second lap, I guess all the water drained out of them or I didn't pick up the same one that had water in it. I was yeah, dreading those, that carry on that second carries, lap. Those carries,
0: though, the, the, the worst thing you can do is set it down. You're burning yeah. more energy to pick that stupid thing back up. So, I mean, absolutely. You, if you if you got to take a rest, take a rest with it on your shoulders. That's advice for anyone listening right now. But yeah. uh, do not set that thing down. No matter yeah. how tempting it is, you're burning more energy to lift that mm-hmm. stupid thing back up, get it moving again. Yep. Yeah. You can stand still and hold it, rest it on the shoulder. You know, sandbags, you can kind of nestle over both shoulders and kind of wear it like a rucksack. There's little little ways to to hack the system a bit.
1: Yeah, so, and that's what I've seen too. Comparing last year to this year, like I don't know if you noticed or not. I mean, I'm sure you did because you were looking at the map. We're doing ha- almost half of the obstacles within the first two miles.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you're going to do that lap. <laughs> Yeah. There's
1: there's 15 obstacles in the oh. first two miles. Out of what is there a total 30? I got the map right here in front of me. Make a paper noise quite so a people bit. know I'm picking it up. Yeah. So there's 35 <laughs> obstacles and we're doing 15 obstacles in the first two miles. And, yep. but what's cool is, is cause you know, last year when we finished, we had two heavy carries, you know, in the last, what was it? Four miles of the race this year, yeah. the carries are spread out where we get a break in between it. You got one at the finish, one in the first three miles and then one about halfway through for the ultras and we only got to do that on the first lap because one's on the ultra loop so that's a good thing and not to mention what they've changed on the maps which makes a huge difference is where we started last year we're finishing we're coming down bear mountain instead of running up it huge huge because
0: i remember last year that first climb sucked ball those that was worse than the (laughs) death march yes that was a that was a that was a worse elevation grade than the death march it was about as long maybe even longer
1: yeah as the
0: death march but it was was so much more steep but oh man our quad that's gonna be a quad buster going down oh yeah that that's gonna you got to be careful, especially on that second lap when you've when everyone's like got the finish line hype going and they know that oh, that's, yeah. tr- yep, that's
1: absolutely. gonna be
0: uh that's gonna be an ankle breaker right there. But yeah, I like how they I like how they uh, you can see how they wanted to pack a lot of obstacles in the sprint lap. I mean, we have I'm looking at the map. Uh-huh. We got three spots where there's just an obstacle cluster, mm-hmm. and the first one's not bad. You know, Atlas carry barbed wire, rolling mud, dunk wall. Okay, that's yeah. just to break up. Uh, break up the bottlenecks a little bit the next ones though that that might be a little yeah might be a little nasty spear throw looking forward to that
1: yep and we're going to get wet within the first two miles and the temperatures and the wind is yeah. going to be awful
0: Yep. getting wet early that's yep. gonna that's so gonna did, play on
1: did you see the mountain forecast that they've posted
0: what's the mountain forecast i only i only just plugged in killington and the weather. Act. Right. So just went by that.
1: If you Google mountain forecast for Killington, it is showing 55 mile per hour winds at the peak nice with a wind chill of 14. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Like, I don't think like there's one time in the day where the wind chill factor will be 20 and that's the warmest it's going to be, but that's the peak. The base Beautiful. is going to be, the base is going to be like, 50 degrees with a wind chill of 39. So I guess we're getting all this wind off of the hurricane that's going up the east side.
0: Oh, I am looking forward to this. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at it now.
1: Yeah, it's nasty.
0: Oh, this is going to be good. And well, so, we're not going to be sweating.
1: No, definitely not. So, I mean, I, I was like you. I was just, you know, Googling like, I mean, I think I even put in Killington Resort weather, and it was showing like yeah. low low fifty, high sixty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, to me, that was like sleeveless shirt weather, and now I'm totally rethinking that with the wind that they're predicting. Look at
0: this Saturday. So yeah, what it feels like. So that's important. So maximum and minimum. It's like fifty degrees. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's actually no. ideal. That's perfect. That's perfect what it feels like 25 <laughs> degrees uh afternoon it feels like 19 degrees up there at the top god oh man i hate that <laughs> it's gonna be windy oh my goodness
1: very windy. we're gonna
0: we're gonna have uh
1: could you imagine catching a 30 mile per wind a 30 mile per hour wind when you're trying to hike up one of these climbs that's gonna be shitty
0: doing that on an obstacle like an a-frame or something mm-hmm. the stairway to sparta that's going to be a good time oh yeah I'm, it'll get people I, off those obstacles yeah you know i mean think- I, I i want the single digit finisher rate again i want another bloodbath like last year that was beautiful yeah uh but you know i'm a guy that likes a death race so this yeah. is <laughs> this is this is all this is all fun, fun and games for me
1: right so yeah i think i'm gonna i i'm 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 on the fence. Part of me is thinking just wear long sleeve, you know, thermal compression shirt. But I'm kind of thinking maybe I should wear just a short sleeve compression shirt and then wear a windbreaker over that. That's kind of where I'm on the fence. I'm going I'm leaning either way.
0: Now, I'm going to go for long sleeve. If we're getting wet in the early game, I'm doing like a long sleeve compression kind of deal. Yeah, that's going to dry off quick. It's going to drive quick. And when you're going up the mountain, if you got a windbreaker, you're going to be, it's basically a sauna suit by that point. I mean, I remember 2013, 2014, very cold years. Even first thing in the morning, they had us going up and we were just pooled in sweat. Right. So uh, the, the windbreaker doesn't really do it. Um, you're cold, run faster.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's not
0: too cold when you're in like the little bushwhacking sections right. of it, the trees break it up. Uh, just, I mean, the solution to a lot of the problems that we're talking about is don't go zero miles an hour. Right. You know, and Isn't... that's the big mistake I see people making at this event is it, they think that they think that the drop-in area is a little break station. Yeah. No, They think, you know, mm. I see people going up the mountains and they understandably, I, I, I totally get it. They stop and they just mm. sit down and I'm just like, if you got, if you got a beast bib on, I understand. But if you got an ultra bib, I mean,
1: you got to move.
0: Yeah, you're going to be a statistic. So
1: I I remember in 2019, you know, that year was really windy. but rainy. Like, yeah, and so I didn't bring stuff that was warm. I had a sleeveless shirt and my purple penny on. That was all I had. And I don't remember getting – I remember my fingers getting a little numb after the swim, but, I mean, besides when we got up to the very top right there before beater – I remember that wind coming through and I was thinking, shit, I need to get down off of the top of this mountain because it was really, really cold with that wind blowing. But I don't remember besides that, I felt like my core temperature was staying warm just because, I mean,
0: it's Killington. (laughs) You're moving.
1: But so 55 mile per hour winds, I don't know if I've ever done a race. (laughs) If
0: they got winds that are going 55, uh, I would not be surprised if they're going to sh- at least shut obstacles down up there. I don't think we got a lot of obstacles oh. up on the peak.
1: Yeah, they, they've
0: uh, they've done something like that before. I remember 2016 Tahoe when they had the snowstorm. They cut off like a three-mile section of the course, and rightfully so. Twister's down- right at
1: the top of the death yeah. march.
0: Yeah, look, let me look at that.
1: There? And Ape hanger is at Ape the hanger, top of yep. the next climb. Yep. And that's one thing to talk about too. That climb from six to seven and a half, that that's a good climb too. On yep. mile six to six and a half, that's a good one. And I saw where somebody in a Facebook group said that the section between obstacle 29 and obstacle 30, that that was a gnarly section. And the best of my memory is is I'm thinking that's that one trail that is really gnarly that we typically run downhill before we Mm -hmm. turn around and go up the death march you know which one i'm talking about it's got the rocks and the down trees in it
0: yeah yeah i'm
1: I'm thinking that's that trail and they're making us go up it this time
0: oh that'll be fun i think so it'd be different there's a lot of speculation going on yeah yeah and so oh so some people are probably trying to uh they looked at the race day package and let me look and see if they updated it because I spoke with somebody at Spartan. I don't know if they want me to give their name out. Well, Jason Um,
1: Barnes messaged me and he said that they left out transition cutoff and they're supposed to add it. There is going to be a transition cutoff.
0: Okay. Yep. Jason told me to, it was him. (laughs) So yeah. So expect those uh, – so look at the race packet again. But they Those haven't
1: changed it yet.
0: They haven't <laughs> changed it yet, but there will but it be makes a transition cut off. Yeah. I mean, I, I was th- – it's like you think of the logistics of it. Right. You're going to have the bottleneck of DNFs going to be, what, six miles into the course mm-hmm. up on top of the mountain. Come on, you're going to have yeah. a mass exodus of people that you got to deal. It's just not. It's easier to do it at the transition area where a lot of people are quitting. But right, they Absolutely. front loaded so much difficulty into the first lap. Yeah, it's all in the. So all you have to do, those listening, is just get your foot into lap two. If right. you make it to lap two within cutoff, you just just you got to move your ass to get to the four p.m. cutoff you you've done the hardest part is just starting lap two, like 90% of the DNFs that occur are in that stupid transition area. You're right. And, and it's, yeah. And
1: the, the mind game here is because you're thinking I have to do that shit all over again. And yep. you don't need to think that the most positive thing you can tell yourself when you go into transition is be like, I do not have to do that ultra loop again. Yeah. I only have to do yeah. what, what appears is 12 and a half miles.
0: It's looking like it's 12, it, like 12 on the dot, because I, I, I did like an image overlay right on that and mapped it out on Google Earth. Yeah, and I was bored today. <laughs> and it's like 12 on the dot with about with everything added together. I know they got the elevation wrong on the ultra oh, uh, yeah. profile on the packet. They're saying like 8000 feet. That's I'm, correct for lap one. Lap well, one. Like That's B's exactly what I was plus, thinking, too. Yeah, Bs plus ultra. So I think in total we're looking at about 14000.
1: Yeah, it's last typically always 15, that.
0: Five. Yeah, it, it just hovers in that. Everyone, Everyone's going to chime in and say, well, my GPS said this and this. And this. If, you, if you're if you within like, you know, plus or minus 1,000 feet of 15,000, yeah, it's probably about right.
1: Well, I know I saw somebody post their watch one time from last year and it said 20,000 feet. And I was like, nope. no way that's right. No, it's not. <laughs> so, I mean, and a, a lot of people like sometimes when you dunk your watch under the water, it will make your elevation spike. Yeah. And you can go into your elevation profile and you can see that spike. It'll be a one little sharp spike and it'll add five hundred thousand feet to your GPS really quick. That happens in the years we had the swims, it definitely did that to everybody.
0: So that happens when people set their watch, their elevation to be tracked only by the barometer. Right. So when you dip your hand in the water, that pressure, if you look at your your elevation it's saying you're like negative 2,000 feet so that's why if you're wondering those those listening, if you're wondering why your watch is doing that you need to set your elevation postings to gps plus barometer okay. so it doesn't do that that's that's a lesson that i had to learn as well well
1: see i i knew that it would make the gps do that but i didn't know there was a way you could go in there and change the function on it so it wouldn't so i'm gonna look yeah. for that I'm, I'm sure my phoenix should that's, have that
0: Purely the barometer doing its thing. It's thinking that you just suddenly fell through the earth.
1: Yeah. You jumped out of a plane. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Something like that. But. Okay. So I'm thinking, so, so, so my prediction, because everyone's, that's everyone's, that's the big talk right now for the next couple of days. I'm thinking it's going to be about a mile shorter, maybe even a mile and a half shorter based on what I've measured. But I've been wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's you know, 31 miles on the dot. Yeah, me too. But it looks like about a mile to a mile and a half shorter, and probably about a thousand feet less of gain because last year's their 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 beast profile was like 7,600. This one's about 6,600. Right for the beast, but it's you know they make up for it in the ultra loop. Ultra loop's going to be by far the worst ultra loop ever. Right, that they've ever done. Period. That's yeah. the, it's 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 looking absolutely heinous. Right. That's that's so that's a prediction. All the difficulties are going to be front loaded into lap one, so a just viable like strategy. Said, we
1: got to make it through the first lap.
0: Yeah, make it through the first lap. All yep. you got to do. You can just you can burn all your fuel on lap one, and then just coast in second gear in lap two. It's a viable strategy. That's how. That's how I finished my first Killington. Yeah. Is that I was just like, yeah, I just got to get onto the second lap don't think about the don't think about shit when you're at the transition area just move less than two minutes just grab you know if you need to they got water refill stations there so i don't even need to bring a jug of water into my bucket anymore just fill that usually there's even some some other racer there that's just like hey you want me to fill your water uh, yeah go (laughs) and i just grab like a a snickers bar and eat that as i go you know that's just if someone wants to talk to you, okay, you run at my pace. And then we can talk about Otherwise, we'll talk after the finish line.
1: So, yeah, that's kind of like what I wanted to ask you too. Like, you've done this race enough times that you kind of know exactly what you're going to do. And I feel like I learn something new every year. I've done it. But since you've done it way more times than me, like, what is your strategy as far as, like, pacing goes, fueling goes, gear, and transition? Just tell us, like... Out of all the times you've done it, what has worked best for you on all these different topics?
0: Uh, never going zero miles an hour. Right. So that's a big thing. There's only a very few times that I permit myself for zero miles an hour. Uh, and if, if I have to refill my water at an aid station, because I okay. drink a ton of water throughout the course. Uh, so if you've got to refill your water, that's fine. But as you're approaching the aid station, you better be taking your gear off. Get you get it ready to where it's like opened up and ready to fill up. Like as you approach it, don't like approach and then do that. Don't do that. Uh, another time is if I get to the top of a peak, I always permit myself like three seconds to stop, turn around, check out the scenery, and say, "Okay, that's cool." Commit it to memory. All right, keep moving. Three seconds, no more. Three seconds, <sighs> I swear. Uh, and then transition area. Obviously, you gotta get more food for your pack, but. Uh, as for like pacing and stuff, people usually pass me on the uphills. Again, I'm from Florida. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I, I just kind of suck it at the uphills. I'll go very consistent though. It's like I'm like locked in the second gear, so I'm not going to change the pace at all uh, and just keep my heart rate pretty level, not really going over 140, and just pretending like it's it's a stair stepper session really death march that's like a 40 minute stair stepper session great you know training for this i would do three 45 minute stepper sessions with a little 15 minute bike ride in between and so, that is just just like training
1: so when you say that you try to keep your heart rate around 140 like what zone would that be for you when you're say doing the bigger climbs
0: i would say it's whatever zone does not burn carbs right it's the one that's burning fat <laughs> And so so like one thirty, one forty, that's good. Like Death March, I'm able to to breathe out of my nose. Right. I don't have to, to breathe out of my mouth for Death March. So that's that's how I do it. And I don't you know you don't hunch over, you gotta you know, you gotta look down with your eyes, not with your neck, and you gotta look about fifteen feet ahead of you. And just kind of let your let your brain do it brain and ears do the balancing for you, not your eyes. Right. It kind of figures it out. Um what are the other tiny little things? Since we're in wet rocky grassy areas if you got to plant your foot down somewhere and you got an option between a rock and the soil probably pick the soil that rock's going to be a slip and slide it's going to be awful
1: yeah wood Um, too
0: yeah the wood wow
1: i've done that before stepped on a wood that was slanted oh man
0: oh yeah it's a slip and slide or a tree but yeah just, just minimize time at zero miles an hour And then just find a little coasting pace. It's easy to get into a trap when you're talking to someone and you just want to go side by side with them. They, you know, it's for the best intentions. I get it. Uh, But, you know, for me, I I just kind of like being in in that zone where uh, I always talk to people as I'm going by. But, you know, I don't listen to music at any of my runs ever. No music. I just like it quiet, just being stuck in your own thoughts and then just gives you time to think it's like it's like a long lawn mowing session Just get yourself some time to think as you do it
1: yeah i know some things that i've probably been in a bad habit of doing at killington is just you know you start off and what pace you may feel good at at the time you know is probably too fast to sustain for the whole race so yeah. I'm going to definitely try to stay more honest this year than I have in the past and be like, I feel good, but can I, can do this for another eight hours, you know, or 10 hours, you know?
0: And so that's a viable strategy. If you, if you typically if you f- consistently finish, right. That's something that you can do. So this race, it's weird because they, like I said, they front load all these wicked cutoffs. And so mm. you got to kind of, you got to kind of go against that grain, especially if a lot of people it's like they're, you know, fourth or fifth time out there and they've just DNF the whole time. You kind of have to break that rule for Killington. There's very few races where that's where that's a viable strategy, where you just kind of, where you got to go all out in the beginning and just, just get to the easy cutoffs. Because, like I said, it gets, it gets easier and easier. I'm, I'm guessing transition cutoff is going to be 2 p.m. That's the typical time that they that they do it, anyways. Uh, if you're leaving transition right at 2 p.m., you got two hours to go six miles, of which part of that's the death march. Death that's going to be pretty tough. Death march for me is like 45 to 45 to 55 minutes on if the I'm, second if I'm loop. A good day, it
1: definitely sucks. It's going to be slower, <laughs> way slower.
0: <laughs> but um, the Next cutoff, the 4 p.m., six miles into the course. If you make that, you're on easy street. You got three no, four, five, six, 7 p.m. cutoff at K1. So you got three hours to go four miles.
1: And Your not to mention, is- so if you pretty much, if you make it to the top of the death march, which looks around four and a half miles, it's going to be all downhill till yeah. the 4 p.m. cutoff. So that is a good thing for sure.
0: Yeah. And then. That seven o'clock cutoff. If you make that, you're you you got two hours to go two miles to you, you walk it. You're good. What, what was the <laughs> like, seven
1: o'clock cutoff? I forgot.
0: It's at the K one lodge. It's like K-1 right lodge. where that inner the intersection is. There's a big intersection at this one It oh, so goes that's pretty much up to Death March. Where then you have near the Ultra Loop.
1: See, I wonder what's going to be at this intersection since that's typically where, you know, usually when you see an intersection like that, that's where the A-frame is at, but yeah. the A-frame's not there, so I wonder what's Yeah, there. they can
0: modify it. They got like
1: a bridge or something right there, I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. something not think of
0: something.
1: It'll probably be like a little wooden bridge and we'll have to crawl under something. That'd be cool. Yeah,
0: sure. That'd be really cool. They had a, uh, a wooden bridge. You go under it when you're going to Bear Mountain. So if... This is a little a little bit of uh, Killington history, so ultra history. The bridge that you pass underneath to get to Bear Mountain, that wooden bridge that looked kind of rickety, that was a low crawl on mm. um, for 2013. That was a low crawl, and it had like rocks and pebbles on it and everything and barbed wire. so and that, that was one of the low crawls that people would be would be crawling on and that was that was a fun a fun obstacle uh those who've read the story know that that's the spot where i uh gambled and lost horribly (laughs) on a fart that was (laughs) very audibly uh a a very audible loss at that gamble (laughs) that everyone around me heard and they asked you know what am i gonna do am i okay what am i gonna do and i was just like you know i'm uh got to keep going yeah got to keep going it's right before we're just rolling through a uh, low crawl so hopefully
1: that was a year you could have got to a swim and got a little bit of relief there maybe
0: swim wasn't for like 8 miles <laughs> it was so gross
1: i can imagine I can it imagine.
0: was so awful oh. you know,
1: we don't even get close to the pond on this on this race
0: no. uh, so the reasoning behind that and last year's similar course for those wondering, is they have I think uh, the Fox Mountain Biking Company. They have some big, big international event going on a week later.
1: Oh, really? And it goes, yeah, goes through that sense. area,
0: and it's a it's a huge event with like real, real money at stake. Much more massive than what we're all going to. Right. So,
1: well, I also heard too that that bad weather they had up there not too long ago had messed up some areas too as well.
0: So. Messed up the road going out to Bear Mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it certainly did. Yeah, it got it got pretty ugly.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, so what is your uh advice for anybody that's you know going to do that may be doing the Ultra the first time, or they may just be going up there this weekend to do the North American Championships beast?
0: Oh man general advice I I have a massive massive article that I wrote that's like 10 years worth of knowledge distilled onto it with every, th- every lesson learned that I ever had <laughs> it's a little too late for some people to be reading it but what I mentioned earlier uh, never go zero miles an hour and always always eat about every 45 minutes and when you are eating only eat when you're going uphill, because if you're fumbling around with food and stuff going down, you're you're going to break your ankle.
1: You're going to bust your face open. It's yeah. going to
0: get yeah, it's going to get ugly. Only when you're going uphill. You're going slow when you're going uphill, anyways. You might you know might as well get something out of it. Might as well get some food. So that's the good strategy. That's that's what I what I swear by is is eating when I'm going uphill.
1: And this is definitely one of those race venues where you have to constantly mind your footing, especially when yeah. you're going downhill, because even on the ski slopes. They have like those drainage ditches that kind of oh, go God. diagonal and there'll be, you know, kind of football sized rocks in those ditches. That's and the grass, awful. the <laughs> grass will be growed up over those. So you really have to mind your footing. And I mean, especially on the downhills that are in the woods, too, because those are those are pretty oh, scary. God. The
0: woods are the woods are the scariest. Yeah. But the ones on the open open field when you're going down like a ski slope. Yeah. Best thing for that is have a very quick cadence with your steps step Mm -hmm. very very quickly don't take long steps don't break with your heel right either that's your knees are just going to be trash uh and look ahead of you look ahead 10 feet like i said look with your eyes not with your neck look ahead of you take very very quick steps and if you're going a little too fast you can kind of ski a little bit swerve ski a little bit that helps the most
1: so do you remember last year when we were coming down and it had to be within the last four miles of the race. We came down an area where it was really wooded. Like there was no trail there. It was bushwhacking. Yeah. And there was steep places. And on the second lap, like people were being really cautious going down. It <laughs> It almost looks like we're going up that section before we oh. get to the death march. But I, I can't Beautiful. tell for sure. But I mean, if we're going it looks like we're going up the same way we went down almost. So I would say there's a good chance there's going to be a lot of technical uphill climbing right there before we get yeah. to the death march.
0: Oh man, that would be something. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to, I'm looking at the map. I'm trying to decipher it as we're going.
1: Yeah. I'm excited, but I'm still super nervous about my ankle. I mean, I'll be good as long as I don't roll it again, but I just, I'm I'm nervous. I just tape
0: that bad boy up. I am. I'm going That's to another thing. If you, if, uh, <laughs> taping up your ankles is very helpful for this event uh especially if your if your feet are getting wet in the beginning it's going to get sand in it and it's going to scrape against your heels so another good idea i'm going to be taping my my heels as well just for some extra padding yeah just to prevent any kind of blistering and everything but uh
1: yeah yeah i think i'm actually gonna uh me and somebody on discord we're talking about just because, of course, I'm not going to wear a stocking cap, but I was thinking about wearing a buff just to kind of put over my head and cover my ears, you know, because if it is real windy, your ears are going to get cold. what I'm doing. And I think I'm just going to stuff it in a Ziploc bag until after we go over the, go through the rolling mud. And then after that, you know, put it on. That well, way that's it's a dry.
0: good idea. Yeah, having, having a dry yeah. buff. But the thing is, it's just so, it's so damn windy. Yeah. And you heat up so quickly. Everything kind of dries off. Yeah. By the I, I think by the time you're at Death March, you're gonna be dry. Only a couple miles ahead. And that yeah. was the case when we had the, the lake swim, remember? Everyone would be oh, soaking yeah. wet, just totally drenched. Uh and you you were pretty much dry once you got to your first incline. I mean you yeah. heated up, you dried off, and it was it was good.
1: I so, think my, my biggest worry is just it's going to be a cold wind.
0: The wind, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the wet. only thing. Yeah. Oh, but. That just, I mean, the solution to that is always move faster.
1: Mm.
0: You just gotta go go faster.
1: Keep so yourself up. What about this race keeps you coming back every
0: year? Uh, there's a lot of things that keep me coming. Back. I it, it's just I don't know. It's just this. It was the first race that really just like put me in my place. Like I never DNF'd until until Killington. And and it was, and it was such a close, like 200 seconds. That's, that's pretty damn close. It's very close. And, and so that was, was the thing I had to slay. And once I got that, I was like, okay. So it's the same mindset I had when I first, you know, did my first OCR, like a warrior dash. I was like, okay, what's the next hardest thing? And so once I did Killington, then I gave myself permission to do death race. And then once I did that, I was like, well, okay, death race was a little bit more mild, but drawn out across three days so it's just it's just very mental but killington is just it's just a whole nother thing i'd like no other spartan race comes even close to that difficulty i mean there's maybe one or two in canada and montreal that get kind of close like al's head yeah Al's Head is kind of close but everything else doesn't even compare to killington and it's just it's such a hard race and i love coming back to it it is just so insanely difficult And I discovered that the harder the race, the better chance I have at landing on the podium for some (laughs) reason, this, the suffer fests are, are the ones that I found. So I just, I just found my, my one thing that I want to train and hopefully, Hey, this, this might be the year. If not, I'm going to keep coming back. And even if I do, if if I do get first at my age, uh, I'll keep coming back, Mm. you know, just maybe maybe in the next year run, uh, no, run alongside some some folks doing it for the first time and try to pace them, you know, try to get them to finish and just help people finish. Uh, do do a Killington for fun. Right. That <laughs> that would be the dream to do yeah. it for fun, not worrying about any cutoffs or anything because you're already at a good pace um originally like my my worry is finishing before sundown you know that's Mm -hmm. that's a non-issue i'm done by dinner time you know my my big worry is actually placing but i don't know i'll have a better answer in a few days four days (laughs) i'll have a a much better answer
1: so to people that are listening to neil talk about how hard killington is and that's why he always goes back Neil has done Tahoe ultra and Neil has done the Georgia death race four times (laughs) and he's finished it it four times, but he keeps coming back to Killington because it's one of the more challenging races to him. Yeah. And the Georgia death race is a 74 ish mile with (laughs) 22,000 feet of climbing.
0: Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a vicious, it's, it's a lot like Killington. Uh, but the, the elevation grade isn't quite at 50%. There's right. a couple bad spots by bad. I mean, awesome. Uh, but it's just not, it's just, it's not Killington, man. Yep. It's not Killington.
1: I want to do the Georgia death race, but doesn't it, it has like a bunch of service road running and I hate running service roads in a trail race. It just like, so man,
0: yeah, sucks. there's, so you you talk about the service roads uh, for the, for those first time Killington, listen up. There's going to be about, because we've been hyping up the whole mountain thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the spots that you can run. If
1: not you much find of yourself,
0: it. Exactly. If you find yourself in a spot where you can run, which there are. I would say about four miles. That's a generous, that's a generous very thing. Four miles of the course is runnable. Where you're on one of those service roads, or you're on, or you're on, or you're going down like a bunny slope. Yep. And it's still a decline. You can still run it, but it's not like treacherous. You can run it, right? If you're in that situation, and you find yourself walking, just take your damn bib off and then just hand it in and quit. Because if that is the only time where you can, that's the difference between making cutoffs and not making cutoffs is is running those runnable sections of the course. So if you get to the top of the mountain and you're tired, don't take more than those three seconds that I take to just, you know, admire the pretty scenery. Because once you see that the course is downhill, you better start running. I know, I know it's tiring. I know (laughs) it's just nerve wrackingly tiring once you reach the top of a peak. And to start running right away but that's what you have to to do do. you have no other option you will not finish if you don't do that you have to take
1: advantage of the downhills and it's like he says there may be four miles of flat i can remember every piece of property there that's flat because there's not that much of it yeah and usually when you hit a flat piece of of you know realty you're usually running to the next downhill or the next uphill and i guarantee you it's no not a lot farther than a quarter of a mile if that yeah. there's yep. not a lot of points where you're going to get the chance to run on flat terrain
0: yeah you you walk it it's going to take you 10 minutes you run it it's going to take you three minutes four minutes and and doing that repeatedly making that decision to walk it that's You know, I missed, I missed cut off by 200 seconds. Some people miss it by just a couple minutes. I mean, every, the thing about ultras, it's just a bunch of little micro decisions that make or break your game. First Georgia death race. I didn't learn that lesson. They had, uh, I I mean, I made it, but just by the skin of my teeth, I was, I was cut off hopping the whole entire time because Mm. I didn't really. I, I just didn't have that mindset to where all these little micro decisions they add up. They had, I think, eleven or twelve aid stations, and I would spend like eight to ten minutes at each and every one of them. Boom! Right there, that's over. Mm-hmm. That's over an hour that I did an hour on your time. That's got, so, you know, aid stations at at Spartan. Uh, they're just water. Most water. of it's water, but I still see people standing still. Yep. Stand still at at 14 of their aid stations for five minutes. Do the math. Yeah. Uh, It's a lot. Yeah. It's so, so those little micro decisions, and and, and I know it's tough because you're, you know, people are out there close to 15 hours. It's it's a lot of mental stress to constantly have that in your mind to be making those little, little decisions over and over and over again. Oh, I got to run this. I can't stop here. I can't stop here. You got to just constantly have that panic that you are totally effed. For the entire race hmm. like even if it's looking like you're gonna finish before sundown just you know hey what if you, what if what if just around that little turn you're gonna you're gonna sprain your ankle that's and right. you gotta walk the rest of it are you gonna have enough time i don't know you better you better put enough time in the tank just in case yeah right so hey uh that's I can't make that decision for people, but that that's that's what I one of the biggest things that will just keep moving. Yeah. You you have to move any chance where you think I might be able to run. The answer is yes, you can run it. Try yeah. to run it.
1: And you shouldn't be in transition five minutes and it tops in a in a yeah. perfect scenario. You should be out of there in two minutes.
0: Yeah. My quickest transition time, I think, was 80 seconds yeah and that that year i brought like a perfect replica of my mm-hmm. pack with everything in it everything that's ready what to I go tell people take take the pack off put mm-hmm. the new one on boom go uh i think that the worst ever was when i when i was like oh changing my socks would feel better no no 100 100 of the time your socks don't need changing damn it that's just, right uh, i mean
1: it pure fine example you're going to get them wet within the first two miles of the race there's no reason in changing shoes and socks unless you have like a hole in your shoe and it's about to fall apart yes that's when you change your shoes but if if you don't have something an emergency like that going on just get your get your fuel for the second lap make sure you get your headlamp for the second lap Don't forget that. That is very important. Don't forget that. Have that on the very top of all your shit you got in your bin because you don't want to forget that. And walk out of there with whatever you're drinking and whatever you're eating. Stay moving. There's no reason for you to sit there and eat it. You can do that while you're walking. I don't know how many times I've gone over the first obstacle, you know, because I've got a honey stinger waffle in my mouth, you know, holding it with my teeth. I've done that a bunch of times. Oh, yeah you know oh yeah so, so I mean, uh, it's just part of moving
0: yeah and the, and the good thing about the festival area is that you're not immediately going super uphill it's oh. it's actually it's reverse so we have it's uphill but hey it might be joggable but you know at the same time hey it's uphill you can eat dude just take your stuff from your bin go bring it with you you're 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 good to go there's there's plenty of obstacles over there if you're carrying trash there's obstacles they have bins there you can yeah. just chuck your trash and you're yeah. set to go but just get, 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 get again like all of what we've been talking about it just boils down to the same thing don't go zero miles an hour
1: Yep, that's don't. it
0: that's a that's good it. saying just
1: don't go zero miles don't an go hour.
0: zero miles an hour guys just think about that as you're out there how fast am i going right now am i going <laughs> 0.1 miles an hour okay you're not going zero miles an hour you're making progress you're making some some progress there. That's
1: right. Well, hey, Neil, man, we're getting close on an hour here, but I always ask everybody that comes on the show the same three questions, and I'm going to ask you too mm-hmm. So, to this day, what has been your most favorite race and why? And I think you've just about already answered that question. But which year?
0: 2013. 2013. Because that's the first year, the one that I had no idea what I was getting into. And it totally humbled me. And failing that is the catalyst for me coming out for my 10th year. It's what, it's what gave me the confidence to, uh, to do hard shit. Uh, you know, that, that was the start of me doing hundred milers. That was the start of me doing death race. That was the start of, of, of so much. And so that, that changed your life. Big boy event. That's right. That's right. It changed, changed everything.
1: Okay. So now I want the opposite of that question. What race did you hate the most or dislike the most or was the hardest and why? Most people don't like to say, well, I don't hate any race, so but
0: it's uh, supposed to be hate. <laughs> oh man. I don't think I've ever been at a race where like it I'm put into a shit mindset. Right. Like I know some people's coping mechanisms is to complain about stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: to just point out, dude, this, this sucks and everything. I am just viciously optimistic. Hmm. And Glass I'm just going to, like I'm it. grasping at whatever's working just because, and, and it's possible to do that because I make my training suck as much as possible. My training, like I said, I never listen to music. I always train at the hottest time of the day in Florida. And, you know, if there's something that can make training suck more, I- I'm all for it because mm. you just, if anything goes better than your training at an event, then dude, that's a bonus. You're prepared, right? Yeah, it's just, so I don't know. There's been a couple of times at events where I, I get a thought leaking in like, oh my God, I can't believe I got to keep doing this. or Like, I-, I just feel completely broken right now. Uh, but then that's, that's quickly overcome with, uh, I'm in the right place then. Cause Mm. if you're setting, cause if you're setting some, some goal that you're not really afraid of, of failing and kind of wasting your time, I mean, you're going to do something that's, that's freaking crazy. Like when I did the, when I did death race for the first time we had, they started us at like some church up in Chittenden, Vermont Mm. and nervous as hell. Oh my God. I've never felt that more nervous. Not even at my wedding day. Like I've, I've just <laughs> the most nerve wracking moment of my life. And I'm up there because I, and it hit me when, and this can happen to people when they're at the starting line and everything. And you just take a second and just read the room. Mm. And cause they, they, cause they, they, they had us chopping wood for a little bit. They took us into this church and they had, and Joe was talking to us, t- uh, talking to us and everything. And I just took a second to just read the room and and i'm looking around me and i'm just like these are like world champions that i'm sitting next to here and it's like these are people that i've that have heard on like podcasts or seen in magazines and when nbc did a lot of stuff with spartan it's like mm. these are those people and who the hell am i i'm like sitting next to <laughs> them and then i'm just like holy shit it just got real mm. And a lot of people this weekend, they're going to get that feeling either by the just realizing who they're with or they're just the place that they're in. It's going to hit you like, holy shit, this is real. And oh, that event throughout the event, every every hour. We would get another person quitting. And then I was just like, oh, my God, that's someone in that room that I'd like put up on a pedestal. They're not there anymore. And I'm still here. Hmm. And then just every hour that kept happening. So, like every hour, my my confidence would be up. And I was just like, dude, this whole entire time I was able to do this. And just the hardest part was just getting the balls to show up and do it. You just get to the start line. That's it. It just start moving. And it's gonna, you're gonna have the shit just got real moment. You're gonna just be hurting like hell, and you've never felt that kind of hurt before. Congrats, you're in the right event. You're uncommon amongst the uncommon. You've made it. Just don't go zero miles an hour and you can have That's a medal right. to show for it.
1: <laughs> yep. When you're in the start and corral this weekend for the Ultra, tell yourself, I'm ready to go 15 hours. I'm yeah. ready to go 15 hours.
0: No matter I what, know you can do it. End of the day, you're going to be sleeping in a cozy hotel bed. Right. You're going to have an easy end to your day. It's guaranteed. Right. You don't have anything else planned. What are you going to do yeah. that day? If you Nothing. stop, what are you going to do? Nothing. Well, you, gonna, what are you going to do? You got to wait another year.
1: Right. To, have, to, to have, have regrets, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's it's only a maximum of 50. If you go faster, it's even shorter. It's only a maximum <laughs> right. of 15 hours. It's written on, like Death Race, they don't even tell you when it's going to end. Right. But it's it's like written down. This is when you start. This is when when you can finish at the very last time. So your day is mapped out. Don't even, don't put your thoughts into the rest of the day. You just move. You don't go zero miles an hour. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it, my guy.
1: Okay, Neil. So my last question is, is what is your race routine? Like, what do you do on Friday before the race? What do you do Saturday morning before the race? Like, you know, do you do like exercises, supplements, your go-to meals? Like, what is your routine? What is your secrets to... right?
0: so today um so this week is double calories sounds awesome it's hard to do right and expensive but this week (laughs) is double calories uh today i've got a three mile three mile run that's it doing Mm. like some some pt body weight pt every quarter mile half reps than what i usually do on wednesdays so just a nice tapered run yesterday i didn't even do speed work i did just four miles of you know, conversational pace, just, just getting the legs moving. Uh, Thursday, travel day. I'm doing nothing. I'm just eating a lot, stretching, maybe. I don't know. Friday, uh, if anyone wants to join, hit me up on Facebook on Messenger. We're gonna be going out to Joe's Mountain. That's in Pittsfield, that's like 10-15 minutes away from Killington. Heart of the the Spartan race. That's where Joe lives 49% of the year because hmm. 51% of the time he has to live in Florida for tax purposes. Uh the uh farm that he's on you guys can go there we go hiking up to what's called shrek's cabin and we go up there and we pay homage to the <laughs> death race that's a major major landmark at death race and you get to hike up there it's it's like it's a mile high it's like 0. 0.9 miles up to the top and it's only like six or seven hundred feet i'm taught might, might be totally wrong with those numbers but it's a good little it's not hike. too bad yeah, we we walk. You know, you walk and talk up the mm-hmm. whole thing, and just, just 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 shake out the nerves. We go to right. the general store afterwards. They got some great food. Highly recommend. We don't have a time of the day set yet because just you know it's it's a moving target. Everyone's got different schedules. Just me- hit me up on Messenger, guys. Neil Murphy, and if you want to join, you are more than welcome to join. We're all gonna hang out and just hopefully it'll 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 likely be after. Uh, packet pickup. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, right. Either a packet pickup, or we're just gonna go earlier. I don't know. God, like I said, it's a moving target.
1: Right. <laughs> so, what do you do? Like Friday night, Saturday morning, you like got like go to meals. Where do you bland get- food? Bland food.
0: Yeah, nothing that's nothing spicy. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, I made that mistake in 2014. I went to that <laughs> that restaurant on on the uh, called the Garlic. Got a big giant garlic bulb on there. <laughs> you can guess what I ate copious amounts of greasy, olive oily, garlicky stuff. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my God. Just have bland stuff. I think I'm just going to go to either the general store or something and just get, get a hoagie hmm. or something. And then all day long, I'm going to be snacking on like graham crackers. Uh, breakfast in the morning is just going to be like bagels and ego a- Eggo waffles are good. Those are easy to eat. I don't know about anyone else, but I have a hard time eating breakfast in the morning of a race. I get like the pre-race jitters, no matter, even to this day, I just, I'm just thinking if there's stuff that, if there's shit that I got to do in the morning, right? it's like very strictly scheduled. Got to be here by this time, this time, this time. It's like, even when I'm flying in the morning somewhere, it's just, I have a hard time sleeping. The night before, it's like, did I pack this? Did I do this? Did it... So another another thing that people were talking about is bring your transition bag with you on the morning of the race. Because a lot of people are going to bring their stuff. If you bring your stuff the day before, I guarantee you, you're not going to get sleep that night. Because you're going to mm. be wondering, oh shit, did I bring this? Did I bring this into the bin? Oh crap, can I, I get to I swear by here? that. Just, and I yeah.
1: preach it. I preach that.
0: Bring there's no point, the There's
1: no point in leaving it there Friday
0: night. No point at all. Yeah, I think I think the rule of allowing people to put their transition bin in that area Friday night. I think that rule was invented by the Bears <laughs> just to get like a free snack. Right. There was no human involvement of that rule. Right. That's just purely for the Bears. Right. So bring it in the morning. Uh, but yeah, eat bland food. I'm just I'm just kind of taking it easy, just playing catching up on some video games today. You know. <laughs> living the life
1: so you don't eat breakfast the morning before the oh race? i do i you try do? i try, try my to. best
0: to because it's it's so important for people to eat if you don't eat come on you gotta eat every hour that mm-hmm. day you gotta be shoveling food in. i've i've had some i've had some race mornings where i i am literally eating pop tarts at the starting line mm. just because i'm just having so much trouble eating the the pre race jitters and everything. Once you start moving, you kind of feel you you kind of get it out of your system. There, okay, you finally made it. You're there. The oh shit moments, going away hopefully. And yeah, there's some there's some races where I'm actually I have food in my hand at the starting line, and that's yeah. People kind of laugh at me that no, I just I just go full Frank Reynolds out there. I'm just <laughs> scarfing my face. Dude, I I'm I'm about to eat dinner right now and literally five minutes when I put the plate in the sink, I, I start running. I always, I, that's how I, like I said, train for bad situations at ultras. You're going to be, you're going to be be eating and running anyways Mm -hmm. at a, at a big, big boy ultra. So get used to filling your stomach of food and moving.
1: That's right. Well, Hey man, I'm all out of questions. Do you want to tell people like where they can find you or on Instagram or Facebook?
0: So if you want to check out the all-in-one guide that I've distilled like 10 years worth of knowledge and gotten the input from other runners on mostly the Killington Ultra, but you know other Spartan Ultras as well, I put that guide up at regimentrunning.com and it's on the guides section. And if you're in the Southeast US Team Regiment, we put on lovely little endurance events of our own. We have it capped at like 15 people. We don't let a lot of people in. But if you see the big red R patch, that means um, someone's done some pretty uncommon shit because that's what we give to finishers of our event. And we only host the event once or twice a year. So regimentrunning.com. That's our team's official website. Look for Team Regiment mostly on Facebook. We do Instagram, all that stuff. But that's about all the social media shilling I've got for you guys. Awesome.
1: Well, hey, Neil, I appreciate you taking time to do this, man, and I'll see you in the starting crowd this weekend.
0: I will see everyone this weekend. Let's do it.
1: Appreciate it, man. Hell yeah. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Neil again for taking time to talk to us. Um, I love talking about ultras, especially Killington Ultra. It's kind of a special place in my heart. I don't know what it is about this race, but when you finish it and you cross that finish line, it's like an accomplishment like no other race because you know it was another year that you did it that you conquered it like no race i do throughout the year scares me as much as this like every time you start this race i kind of get that feeling like is this going to be the year i don't finish you know is something bad going to happen you know what i mean so This is always just a great race to talk about, and I was happy to bring Neil on after, you know, he's done this every single year, and he had some great experience and great advice for it, so I hope you get a chance to listen to it before this weekend. And if not, it'll be great advice for the future. Um, If you see me out there struggling, cheer me on, talk to me, say, hey, I'm going to be talking to everybody I pass because I usually do this how I roll gets my mind out of the suffer and hopefully it gets other people's out of the suffer too as well um if you see me there this weekend come up to me and say what's up that's all i got guys it's crunch time i hope you're ready don't forget to eat your wheaties we'll see you out there peace